Hello and welcome to another edition of Childhood Remastered. This is the podcast where we look back on the cartoons and movies and TV shows and whatnot of our youth to see if they're still worth a damn. Or not. Or not, which is far too often the case. I am Sean. And I'm Chris. And today we are doing another listener request. This request comes to us from Robert Clark, who's an old childhood friend of Chris's. And he asked us to do a very special movie. Uh, yeah, it's technically a movie. It Te- is technically a yeah, movie. Yeah, we'll say it's a movie. Yeah, and that movie is... Captain EO. of good and evil, where a small group struggles to bring freedom to the countless worlds of despair. A ragtag band, led by the infamous Captain Eel. Now, us being from Southern California, and especially the fact that we both spent a good deal of time at Disneyland... I feel like this movie has a special place in both of our hearts. I know it does in mine. For me, I know yeah. it does in mine. I, this oh. movie for me was a movie. I mean, this was a this was a thing that I went to. For those who don't know what it is, Captain EO was about a seventeen or so minute movie attraction at Disneyland. It was uh, housed in Tomorrowland. It was in the Magic Eye Theater. It was a three D movie. That was. It actually was shown in all of their theme parks from 1986 to 1996. Yeah, we're familiar with it with from the original Disney yes. in Anaheim at the Magic Eye Theater, mm-hmm. and it was it was a 3D movie that had um, actually they called it 4D. Oh, they because they, they did have they did have parts of it where there were smoke or laser lights and smokes, stuff. Yeah, and lights that came like spotlights that came from the auditorium where you yeah, were watching. Yeah, so it. technically it's 4D because it was interactive. Yeah, and. The it, it started in 1986 and it went for about 10 years till 1996 and then it went away for what 14 four, years? Four years. Four years. And no, excuse me, 14 years. Yeah, you're right. It returned in 2010 as a tribute after Michael Jackson's death, and yeah. it was last shown at Epcot in 2015. So, uh, really quickly, I just want to put out a big thank you to uh, my old uh, childhood uh, friend here who actually burned us. This movie and its accompanying documentary on DVD. Hosted by Whoopi Goldberg. That's right. Hosted by <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg that uh, has now been a part of my regular home watching rotation because Eleanor loves Captain EO. Oh, man. who doesn't love Captain who EO? Who doesn't love Captain EO? You know what I think is funny? It's is like Captain EO's been gone from Disneyland and this is our only experiences with Disneyland around here. Captain EO's been gone from Disneyland for about, what, eight years now? And I think they're still selling the Captain EO shirt at it, Disneyland. I think it left in 2013-ish, something like that. Yeah. So. Oh, you're right. You're right. It was like 2010 to like 2013. 12 or, or 2013. But it's, yeah, it's yeah. been a couple of years and they, they're still selling the, the Captain EO rainbow shirt. Yeah. And now here's the deal. If you want to watch this, there are YouTube versions of it that are okay. 
um, but they're not great. Yeah. And there are websites that you can go to where you can do one of those things where you donate money and then they voluntarily send you a burn DVD, not for sale, but as a gift mm-hmm. for a donation. It's like one of those like weird workarounds where it goes through like a third party thing. I odd, odd side note, I I have the unreleased Fantastic Four from the mid nineties that got made oh. and never never released. Yeah, no. I, I have it on DVD and a. My my friend Eric actually he's the one who gave it to me for my birthday one year and that's what he had to do he had to donate money and then they mailed him a VHS that was blank and then he had to uh, write something on the VHS and then mail the VHS back as a exchange for the DVD in order to get the movie huh. to get around the legal workaround. Now yeah. is, is Fantastic Four still a Fox property? It is uh, not anymore. Disney no, has it now. Disney? Okay. I was yeah. going to say how apropos you're talking about another Disney yeah. product. <laughs> no, well, technically it's now, but yeah. at the time it was not. So, how, Has there ever been a good Fantastic Four movie? No. No, no. there hasn't. No. Hmm. The uh, Jessica Alba ones were better than the last one, I guess, but like yeah. they weren't great. The only good thing about them was the Michael Chiklis uh, thing costume, and that was about it. So Yeah, that booty. That rock booty. So, Captain EO. Captain EO was the first professional collaboration between Francis Ford Coppola and George Lucas since American Graffiti in 1973. And it marked the end of a professional personal estrangement between the two of them after George Lucas deciding not to direct Apocalypse Now in 1979. <laughs> Big mistake on his part. Yeah, I know. Well, maybe maybe a good mistake for us, ju- yeah. judging by what he did with episode one, two, and three. So yeah. the well, budget for this was $23.7 million. And remember, that's for like a 17-minute movie. In 1986. Factor in for inflation, that would be a 17-minute movie today costing $53.5 million. Now, I did the math for us. Per minute, it comes out to a cost of $1.394 million a minute in 1986. Yeah. This means that for a 90-minute movie, the cost would have been $125,470,588. Factored for inflation, that would be a 90-minute movie today costing $283 million to be made. Which is a lot, but not unheard of. Not unheard of, but that's a lot. But at the time, that was insane. Oh yeah, absolutely no, absolutely insane. I remember. I remember some. Uh, I remember some. In- what was it? This movie was the most expensive mm-hmm. movie ever produced up until up, yeah, uh, somewhat recently. Yeah, and it's because it was so short and it cost so much money. Now d- let's talk about what our we memories. Remember. Because I swear, to, like my grandmother used, worked for Disney. She yeah. worked for Disney. Yeah. And she got us in that, you know, I, I had the, uh, I had the, the benefit of having a family member. I still do, uh, that had, uh, was able to sign us in. So I didn't need a pass. I was into Disneyland a lot of times because my grandparents lived down the street from Disneyland. That's why she started working there back in like the sixties. And I have to say that, I mean, that was prime time for me, 86 to 96 primo time for me to go to Disneyland. That's like three to 13 and that was just captain eo was i always want to call it a ride but it's an attraction captain eo was an attraction no it's a goddamn experience let's get it out there Captain captain eo was an experience that i could never watch enough and that I could never miss. And I would always, always... It was no matter, my have-to at yeah. Disneyland until it was removed in 96. Yeah, some people have... Some people, like, they go to Splash Mountain, or they go to Space Mountain, or they, they go... They Captain go, EO. Uh, yeah, it was always Captain EO for me, which is which is 
you know, it's weird to think about that I was so crazy about going to see this movie with Michael Jackson. It was you would end up waiting in line because it was 17 minutes long. Which and it is, was this was during the height of Michael Jackson's like prominence oh, yeah. too. He 86? was a massive deal. Like he was a world renowned icon. Mm-hmm. And so you had an attraction that you could sit down and watch that was Disney only. Yeah. It was Disney only that had dancing and original music. Yeah, two original Michael Jackson Directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Produced by... uh, Produced by George Lucas. And starring some halfway decent people, too. Angelica Houston is in it. Uh, She wasn't as big of a deal then, but she's an Oscar winner now. Yeah. Yeah. So you're talking about a big deal. So the wait was like an hour. Well, yeah, because you would have people... if you've ever been to Disneyland or really any theme park, you are used to waiting in lines. You line up, you queue up, and you wait in line, and you get taken in well, periodically. Well, the difference was is the Disneyland of today is not like the Disneyland it was in '86 to no, it's you know, not. when we were kids. But I'm saying that when you would wait for when you would wait for uh, Captain EO, it was more like you were in a general lobby that you were waiting for, and they'd let you in at the beginning, and then they'd say like, "No, we're full." Because they'd let in enough people well, to like, fill the Well, like, there was a long line, and so they would count how many in your party, and they would let enough people into the general lobby, and then you would wait in that lobby... For, like, maybe uh, outside, And then you would get... Yes. And then you would get to go and in. And you went into, like, what is essentially a movie theater that had... Uh, it was dark when you walked in, and just the music. Like, it was, it was quiet when you walked in, and then the music that starts the movie, it was always like, Woo! <laughs> yeah. And everybody freaked out. My, yeah. I have essentially... Equal memories, except I didn't get to go to Disneyland as much as a kid as you did. But yeah, no, Disney. Oh, I had was to... 100% Captain EO was my my have to, uh, along with uh, a, a couple other things, uh, Pirates and Haunted Mansion. But yeah. Captain EO was always in my list. And then when it was gone, I was devastated. I dragged, I dragged, uh, when it came back in 2010, I think I dragged my girlfriend at the time to Disneyland. I was like, we have to go. We absolutely have to go. Cause it's been gone for, for, yeah, for like Joy 14 years. And I had got a Disneyland pass. I think, uh, around that time for like one year. And had Joy ever seen it before? Cause she grew up in Northern California, right? Oh, uh, okay. So let's, I just have to get this <laughs> out of the way. Yesterday I said, Hey Joy, I, you know, we're covering Captain EO tomorrow. And, uh, you know, I, I want to watch it again. Like, I'd already seen it several times. So I was like, I just want it fresh in my brain. I want it fresh. It's not a big investment. No, it's 17 minutes of yeah. your time. And and Shorter was, than most TV she, shows. I was like, do you want to watch it with me? She's like, no. It's like, no, you don't want to watch Captain EO. She's like, I don't really like Captain EO. She's like, it, like, I didn't grow up with it. She's like, it's not a thing for me. So I don't, I don't really get it. I was like, I don't give a shit if you don't like it or not. I, <laughs> You're no, watching it. No, I was like, this is Michael Jackson. And this is like prime Michael Jackson singing, dancing, and performance art. How, if you like the music of that era and you like Michael Jackson, how could you not like Captain Neo? She's like, eh, I don't know. I you don't know, know. I had the same. I had the same issue with. So my girlfriend at the time. I dragged her to it and she was like, I mean, that was okay. I was not, I mean, cause she was born, I think the year that that came out. So I had a couple of years on her and she was just like, she didn't get it. No, she didn't get it. And, and you know, I've run into similar things like with Kathy, when I showed her, she had never seen the Goonies and also the last unicorn is another She had never seen the last unicorn. She'd never seen the Goonies. And when I showed her both of those, well with the Goonies, she was like, 
I mean, it was okay. It wasn't. I mean, it wasn't anything spectacular. And I was like, "What? No." And it, it's, 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 there's life. definitely there's definitely something to be said about something that you watch. I mean, that's really what this show is all about. It's something that you watched when you were a kid, and you just loved the hell out of it. Well, and I think that's why there's been a few of these where we've watched them, and they weren't a hundred percent a part of our childhood. And so for us, it. We didn't get that. Yeah. You know, and, and I think at least in those, it's easier to be more objective. Mm-hmm. So may- it's hard to be, uh, you know, it's, it's hard it, to be objective it, about something that you love so much from your childhood. It really is. I will say that it's, it's, it was it's, difficult. It's been our struggle for that yeah. throughout the show. It's been, it was difficult for me to, when I watched it today, I watched it and I watched the documentary and it was difficult for me to really start drawing, drawing up some criticisms of it. Just to, you know, what could have been better or whatever. Because I was so engrossed. I was just like, oh, man, this takes me back. But then when I started to think about it, I was like, okay, like, here's an issue and here's an issue and here's another issue. And this is like... like this and is glaringly... Well, it, 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 wasn't, yeah. it wasn't even stuff that was, like, super glaring. You know, I had some issues with, well, like... Well, we'll, the, get, it, we'll yeah. get into it. Yeah. yeah. So let's talk about how the movie was made. So the movie, like Chris said, was directed by Francis Ford Coppola. And if you're not familiar with him, then you must not like movies because he is the director of the original Godfather, which won Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Picture, and Best Director. He won the award for its sequel two years later, and it's the first sequel to ever win Best Picture. I thought that was an interesting side note. Yeah. So He did write also the screenplay uh, for Patton uh, a couple years before. He also directed Apocalypse Now. And then... His career sort of took a nosedive because in the 80s and 90s, his work sort of dropped off a cliff. He had a few notable films like The Outsiders and Godfather 3, but to be fair, those weren't great either. Although some Outsiders is sort of a cult classic because of the book mm-hmm. and everything. Um, Bram Stoker's Dracula is also something he did, which is not great. Hey, and it's got Gary Oldman and Johnny Depp and what? Winona Ryder and who else is in that movie? Keanu Reeves in that or no? Oh, I said Johnny Depp. Yeah, yeah Keanu Reeves, Gary Anthony Oldman, Hopkins, Anthony right? Hodg- Anthony Hodgkins. Oh Anthony yeah, he Hopkins. plays Anthony Hodgkins plays Anthony uh, Hopkins. Anthony Hodgkins plays Van God Van Helsing. You drive me fucking nuts with that. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> what? Why don't you like Anthony Hodgkins? <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> I God, it drives me nuts. He's one of the best actors of our time. Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hodgkins. God damn it. So at the time that Captain made famous was by... made, he was a big deal. But yeah, now, no, he was a, he was a, uh, not, not so much. Yeah, yeah, he was a huge deal when he, when the movie was made. Now this was written by Rusty Lemonade. 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 Yeah, but, I see Rusty Lemonade every time. I... See, okay, because I think... and that sounds like something dirty. I like, think I'm gonna we... take I'm gonna take her. I'm gonna give her a Rusty Lemonade. I think we talked about this when we discussed the uh, Star Wars Christmas. Yeah, because he was part of that production as well. And uh, every time I see Rusty Lemorande, I always read Rusty Lemonade. I'm gonna every give, I'm a, damn I'm a give time. Her, I'm going to give her the old Rusty Lemonade. She's never... Oh, I mean, I'm even thinking about what that could possibly be. I'm, a, I'm imagining like water sports. Something like to. like the like a Portuguese chili rainbow. Like I'm going to pee in her butt or something. Oh, Let's not think I just about said, that. Sean yeah. just went there. <laughs> so this was written by... Rusty Lemorande, you know what? Fuck, it. I'm just gonna say Rusty Lemonade. So Rusty Lemonade, George Lucas and Francis Ford Coppola wrote this from a story idea by the artist of Walt Disney Imagineering. Yeah, and it says that in the in the credits. If you watch, it's like based on a story by Walt Disney Imagineering. And so, who in uh, Imagineering came up with the story? Who knows? Because yeah. 
Nobody you know, gets credit in this. Nobody gets credit when you're part of a team like that. So yeah. the executive producer here is George Lucas, and we last talked about him. Well, we last talked about him when we did the Star Wars Christmas uh, special, and uh, I, I put in the notes from what we discussed back then, but if you don't know who, who he is, he's kind of the guy who's responsible for Star Wars and Indiana Jones and Lucasfilm and Industrial Light and Magic, and he is a billionaire who sold his rights to... Star Wars and Lucasfilm to Disney in 2012, and he also co-founded American Zoetrope with Francis Ford Coppola, and as of December of two years ago, he was worth $5.1 billion. He's not doing too bad for himself. And he's also a big philanthropist who, uh, I think I mentioned back there, he's sort of known for his uh, philanthropy. Uh, One of the things that I I love is the uh, housing project. Well, he originally wanted to build a, a, uh, some housing on his property. Uh, Well, actually what he wanted to do was expand. He wanted to expand his studio and the people in his area up in Northern California, like Marin County or something. Yeah. And there's, it's a super rich area. Skywalker ranch. And they did not want him to expand Skywalker ranch. And so they he, fought him to the nail. They did, and so the way that he got around that was is he decided to build low-income housing on the property as a big fucking troll. And I love it so much. One, because it's awesome because they need low-income housing up there. And two, because, man, that's the best way to give a middle finger to your neighbors who are worried about dropping their property value. The low-income housing is what, like 2500 a month? Yeah, no. Up, up in Marin, it would be it would be, it would be uh, supplemented, I think. But oh. still, so um, he also he also is uh, footing the bill to build a uh, what do you call it a film and TV museum down here in uh-huh. Los Angeles. Yeah, which I'm like, super excited like a about. billion dollars. It's or gonna something. be awesome. It's huge. He's got the money for it. Sure. Yeah, why not? Hell. So can't take it with you. Produced also by Rusty Lemonade. I refuse to say his name right now at this point. He also initially designed and created two of the creatures and was an editor for this film. And he helped write the screenplay, which we discussed before. He produced Yentl. He was in the 1988 Journey to the Center of the Earth uh, remake and was the production manager for Caddyshack. Hell yeah. yeah. The movie was, was the there, Cinderella a... story. <laughs> Cinderella story. Uh, so the movie was the movie the I, dance moves it, the, yes so the movie is a it's a musical and a dance movie really i mean it, with a story wrapped around it so yeah. it was choreographed by jeffrey hornaday and michael jackson because of course michael jackson yeah and michael jackson if you don't know michael jackson in addition to being a excellent singer and world-class singer and he, performer he is a fantastic dancer was he's a, yeah the, he's, he was a fantastic this is a weekend dancer. at bernie's that we don't have him up yeah. on wires so yeah, he was a, f- a fantastic dancer, and he was an amazing choreographer. And in and this he case, choreographed most of his music videos. I want to say he did, but Jeffrey Hornaday helped. And Jeffrey Hornaday is a, is a big deal choreographer. He choreographed Flashdance, Dick Tracy, and a chorus line. Yeah. So this movie, the principal photography was Peter Anderson, who is known for the visual effects for Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Tron, and worked on dozens of other films. I mean, honestly, dozens. I just chose not to because it would have taken too much time. Now, the music, which is a big part of this movie, was done... um, The score was written by James Horner. And it also featured two original songs written by Michael Jackson, both written and performed. It's We Are Here to Change the World and Another Part of Me. And I want to say that Another Part of Me was on the Bad album? Uh, It's on... I I think it's on the... Yeah. It's on it's, one of those. I think it's on the Bad Album. Yeah, because it, it, it got released later, like later. Uh, and James Horner, he also scored uh, Star Trek II, Wrath of Khan, Star Trek III, Search for Spock, 
Cocoon, Commando. Yeah, you're right. It was bad, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Cocoon, Commando, An American Tale, Willow, Land Before Time, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, The Rocketeer. He wrote the song Sarah's Song in Hocus Pocus. That's the one that she sings when she's enticing mm-hmm. all the children, the yeah, chitlins. We, we last mentioned James Horner when we covered that. And he also did Patriot Games, Page Master. We talked about him there, too. Uh, Braveheart, Apollo 13, Titanic, and Avatar. So he's a big man. Yes, and he's he famously died in a plane crash in 2015. He won several Oscars. I think he was nominated. He was he won one for Braveheart. He won one for Titanic. I think he was nominated or won one for Avatar. Nominated for Apollo thirteen, uh, and and I think nominated for a couple others. He, I mean, he was a big deal before yeah. he passed away. So let's talk about the cast because the cast is fun. At least the first one. Michael Jackson is the lead role. Plays Captain EO, and it's not like if you've never seen it, Captain EO is not like Captain like. Like E-Y-O or something. It's literally Captain Letter E, Captain O. Like Captain Letter E, Letter O. Yeah. E-O. Echo October. So he's famously known as the King of Pop. And honestly, I didn't want to put too... I, you you can look. I didn't put much notes in no. I, I didn't put very much notes because in, in really, here on him because it's just... We talk we talk a lot about when we talk about big names in movies like George Lucas, like like Steven Spielberg, Michael stuff Jackson like that. could not be a bigger name. Yeah. Michael Jackson sold out stadiums in countries that didn't speak English. He was... He sold out stadiums in countries that didn't have stadiums. Yeah. Like, like Michael he, Jackson was, is, still is so well known that you could go into the middle of like the bush in South America or in Africa or in Australia, someplace like very far remote from like modern society and say Michael Jackson. And then they would be like, like, you know, like there's no way that people except for some very isolated tribes, like on this planet don't know who Michael Jackson is. Yeah. He was, he was in a couple of movies. Um, he was mostly a performer and a singer and yeah, a dancer. Yeah, I mean, Jackson 5 and then Beat It and all this stuff. Yeah. yeah. He was in The Wiz. Uh, that was the Motown. 1978. Yeah, yeah. Motown uh, Wizard I of Oz. Love the Wiz. Yeah. I love the Wiz. He played I the, love the Wiz. He played the Scarecrow. Yeah. It was a good movie. He was also in Moonwalker, which I think also had Joe Pesci. He did. He was the villain that injected kids with drugs. Cocaine or something. Yeah. And at the end of the, at the, end of the movie, Jackson he turns, turns into, into a, a fucking car. car. Yeah. yeah. So and kids weird. get inside him. Oh, <laughs> yeah. There oh, was a really the jokes to yeah, make. There was a really good. At least I remember it being a really good arcade game. Michael Jackson's Moonwalker. Yeah, and then there was a a, a really a subpar Sega, Sega Genesis, Genesis yeah, game. We, yeah, yeah. He was also in Men in Black Two, which I don't remember his. Role he had in a. That. Ca- it was a cameo, cameo where where they mentioned Michael Jackson uh, being an alien, and then Michael oh, Jackson actually that. walked by. Yeah, yeah. Now this one found I found a movie. I did, and I'm really excited. It's a movie I've never heard of, but uh, it's called Miss Castaway and the Island Girls from 2004. And I just, I really need to read the plot synopsis because this is 100% a real movie. And remember, it's a real movie. And remember, it's Michael Jackson's last film role before he died. Five years before he died. So here's the plot synopsis for Miss Castaway. A plane-carrying beauty contestants crash lands on a deserted island. Captain Maximus Powers and co-pilot Max Saunders have to take care of their passengers while avoiding the dangers of Jurassic Pork, a giant prehistoric pig, in parentheses, and a group of apes busy trying to relaunch Noah's Ark. An R2-D2-like droid projects an image of Agent MJ, 
who I wonder who that could be, who has been assigned by the Vatican to manipulate the castaways for the Vatican's own purposes. It's had a budget of $2 million, and I can only imagine... 99% 99% of that went to Michael Jackson. It sounds like it sounds like a Kentucky Fried movie. It's just, it just sounds ridiculous. Uh, so the next character is the supreme leader of the bad guys, and it's played by Angelica Houston. She is famously the daughter of Oscar-winning director John Houston. And I always forget, and I think I'm right about this, John Houston, the director, was also the voice of Gandalf in the Bran- yes. Rankin and Bass, uh, Hobbit, and Lord of the Rings movies. Yes. He has a very distinctive voice. But we're not talking about him. We're talking about his daughter. Uh, she is uh, frequently featured in Wes Anderson movies like The Royal Tannenbaums, The Life Aquatic, and The Darjeeling Limited. And she was in the film Witches and The Addams Family. The, the Raul Julia, the later one, she played Morticia. So she has that look. And I have to say that I feel like, and we can talk about this a little later, I feel like her character as a supreme leader, if you've never seen her, she is this she is this tentacled, tubulated uh, woman who hangs from the ceiling. I feel like she launched a thousand BDSM ships in kids. <laughs> like, because I tell you what, I remember watching that movie and there was something about the Supreme Leader that made me feel ways about stuff. As like a as like a ten year old, I was like, Wow, she's like pretty but scary. Well but to quote pretty. Michael Jackson, you are not alone. Yeah. No, and I swear to God, that's what I mean. Like like you see that and she like wraps herself up with the with the tentacles and the tubes and yeah, I, I can just imagine that. Just planted the seed, the little, you know, you know, Fifty Shades of Hee Hee uh, in a bunch of people. It's, it had to have. Well, that and also her as... as Morticia? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Okay, don't make the creepy noise because yeah. then it... <laughs> both, both her and... And I can say this because at the time I was the same age. Both her and... What's her face? Wednesday. Christina Ricci. Thank you. I wasn't quizzing you. I totally forgot and I remembered. <laughs> Christina Ricci definitely made me feel ways about stuff and I'm pretty sure that she was the reason that a lot of people had a goth phase in high school. Yeah, it could be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. I had a goth phase in high school. Uh, I didn't. I did. No. I I, I had a, a punk phase. So. Well, goth and punk are some, sort of similar. Yeah, a little At bit. least in the term, in ter- what do they dress as? A little uh, bit. A, li- a little. Yeah. Yeah. Close-ish, sort of. Yeah. So, the next character was played by Dick Sean. He's Commander Bog. He is a well-known character actor. We actually last mentioned him as the voice of the Snow Miser in The Year Without a Santa Claus. And you only hear his this character name like once. Like Michael Jackson says, he's like, Commander Bob! His face shows up in yeah. a hologram image. Captain EO! Now the next character became, the name sort of became a joke between my brother and I because of the way that Michael Jackson says his name. And his name is Hooter! 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 Every time he always he always says his name exactly the same way. Hooter. <laughs> and he's played by Tony Cox, who was the preacher in Beetlejuice. He was in Willow. He was an Ewok in Return of the Jedi. And he's probably most famous as Marcus for Bad Santa. He was uh, one of the main characters in Bad Santa. Yeah, that was his little elf, right? Yeah, yeah. He's actually he's a, a funny guy, actually. The next character is double-headed navigator and pilot Idy. Or Itty? I think played it's by, Yeah, it could be. Played by Debbie Lee Carrington. She is a stunt actress and just general actress. 
She was Thumbelina, the little uh, person in Total Recall. That stabs the guy in the gut. Yep. With a knife. Yeah. And she was an Ewok in Return of the Jedi. She's actually had a bunch of roles. And the next characters are Audie and Geeks, who are played by Cindy Sorensen. Mostly a character actress with small roles in full body costumes for Star Trek. Now, Mostly Geek- Next Generation and DS9. Is Geeks the little robot? I'm going to say that it's got to be the little robot because it's the only other character left. Uh, no, the robot security Well, no, officer. I mean, like, besides the ones that you listed. Yeah, I mean. yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not sure I think so. Because the other one was called Fuzzball. Yeah. And it just made noises. Yeah, that one had, it didn't have a, a voice actor listed, but who knows, could have been Frank Welker. Yeah, it could have been. Know. Now, the last character is played by Gary DePew. He is robot security officer Major Domo, and Gary DePew is a producer, actor, stunt coordinator who did the stunts for Ice Pirates. And he did some other work. Now, I'm sorry. I know it's a side project again because I have been sort of like deep in the uh, reliving of World of Warcraft. But Major Domo is a character in World of Warcraft and it sort of made me yeah, think I, of that. I think they probably stole the name from from Captain EO. I wouldn't be surprised. Probably. Yeah. They do a lot of homages. Those yeah, guys they from do. Blizzard. So there was a there was a little bit of merchandise from Captain EO. I mentioned the shirts. I think more of that came later. Yeah, uh, at there, the time there wasn't anything. Yeah, there, there was. If Not you really. go to if you go to Key Disneyland, to, yeah, if you go to Disneyland today, you might find uh, the the really prominent thing. Like they they had characters that they could have made character like toys out of, but they didn't. At least not that I remember. And most of the time what you saw was the rainbow shirt that Captain EO wears. He wears a white shirt with a sort of stylized rainbow on it that just sort of goes up. It doesn't it's not an arc rainbow. It's not like a like a traditional a straight, rainbow. Yeah, yeah, it's just sort of a straight thing with the rainbow colors, which lights up when he powers up. I think what it is is because it comes out of like a triangular piece. It's almost like a prism. Yeah. So it's it's uh it's the light spectrum, but as it comes out of a prism. Yeah. There was a documentary like we were talking about earlier that was hosted by Whoopi Goldberg. It's called Captain EO Backstage. Yeah. And then there was also, if you were ever fortunate enough to go to this attraction before it shut down, there was also another movie that was sort of, it was played beforehand while you were waiting in the lobby. It was sort of a behind the scenes, how they made uh, the Captain EO. Mo- how they made Captain yeah. EO that would sit there and entertain you while you were standing there waiting for the last group to get out. And that was really it. There wasn't a whole lot of other things. Yeah. I remember. No video games. I felt like that one had like John Landis involved in that one or yeah, I something. I want to say that that one was a, was almost like a like a featurette that you would see on a modern DVD or Blu-ray where it's just showing like behind the scenes stuff where you're talking to actors and yeah. actresses and, and you're showing like how they're doing a scene and the choreography and whatever. Cause that's what a lot of it was. I remember seeing a lot of like the dancers lose, uh, learning the moves, like the dancers in their regular dance clothes. And they're like in a studio somewhere and they're learning the moves to the, to the, yeah, to that the was songs cool. and stuff. Yeah. That was what I remember it being a lot of. Yeah, the the uh, some of the dancers are are actually uh, famously in some in a couple other movies too. Yeah. But we don't need to get into there. Let's talk about the. Let's movie. talk about it's Captain Neil. It's not very long, but and God it's, damn it, it's cool. It's, I don't care. So it's a super simple story in my mind. Is that Captain EO and his band of of uh, of misfits are part of this some kind of nondescript galactic something naval force or something i thought it i thought of it as a galactic un he's like an ambassador well so he's an ambassador in like a tight pants and a leather jacket at one point during the at the very beginning of the movie when he's when michael jackson is explaining captain eo is explaining how important this mission is he goes through this like 
and this is this is one of the issues that I had that had more to do with like the the writing and the general story is that he goes through this he he says this line that is just chock full of military mumbo jumbo listen the command considers us a bunch of losers but we're gonna do it right this time because we're the best we don't we'll be drummed out of the core we won't let you down this time we're going to do it right that's right we'll be perfect sir by the book (laughs) we failed our last mission if we fail another one they'll drum us out of the core and like like what what like that raises so many questions for me like what was his last mission and what, what core and like yeah i thought that they mentioned that he was on a peace ambassador mission or something yeah and then later on so so they're on a mission to this planet to give a gift a nondescript gift mm-hmm. to the ruler and they get attacked by patrol ships and they go through this whole they're forced to chain. land they yeah they land on this trash can planet Hooter! yeah they land on this trash can, or they crash land on this trash can planet, find their landing beacon, and then are captured by the troops of the Supreme Leader, go before her, and then that starts a whole dance number. It's like a 10 minutes yeah. worth of the whole movie. It's this giant dance number. Yeah, where they sing the, we are here to change the world, and he he gives this line that I love and I repeat all the time, where he says, uh, he tells her that he has brought, like, so the queen tells the Supreme Leader tells them that all of his people, all of his minions, or all of the, the crew are going to be made into trash cans. And that that Captain EO is going to spend a hundred years in his in their most terrible dungeon. Silence! Infidel. Infidel? You infect my world with your presence. Turn the others into trash cans. See you later, trash cans. And for him, one hundred years of torture in my deepest dungeon. And he goes, he goes. My crew and I accept your punishments. And then one of them goes, "We do." He's like, "Of course we do." He's our captain. And then he says, we came here unannounced and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, so you admit to your stupidity. Your Highness, my loyal companions and I accept these punishments. We do? Of course we do. He's our captain. Speak for yourself. We have come here uninvited and unannounced. So then we both admit to your stupidity. Why have you come? And then he says, he goes into this line, and this is the line that I love, where he says, we're here to bring a gift to someone as beautiful as you. And, and then, then she goes, she goes, you, you think, think me beautiful? beautiful? And, and then this is the line where he goes, very beautiful on the inside, but without a key to unlock it. Oh my God. And that is my gift to you. To bring a gift to your highness. To someone as beautiful as you. You think me beautiful? Very beautiful within your highness, but without a key to unlock it. And that is my gift to you. So, let me see this gift. Not only see your highness, 
but here. And you have to understand, if you've never seen this before in 3D, even if you go and you watch it on YouTube and you get the whole experience, you're not getting the whole experience because this movie was made in 3D. So those parts where I, where we were doing the, you think me beautiful, she's like clacking her claws and at Clawing you. at the screen, yeah. And, and there's other parts where Fuzzball, which is a little thing that they absolutely could have made a... Uh, a teddy bear out of and maybe they did he would always like fly at the screen fly for no reason screen like being your face and then you'd see you'd look around and you'd see everybody like swatting at the air in front of their nose because he'd be right there in and your some eye. like dullard from from hillbilly stan who yeah. doesn't understand that yeah this is just this is moving picture stuff yeah so michael jackson captain eo keep doing that captain eo Whatever. it's fine yeah. they're interchangeable yeah i'll let it slide captain eo ceo by the way ceo captain eo he uh, there's a little brief moment of tension when Hooter, Hooter, he uh, he knocks over his piano because what they do is they're going to play a song for the for the supreme leader and Hooter knocks over his piano, breaks it, and then Captain EO gets attacked and he's like throw him in the dungeon and then Hooter fixes the piano. So yeah. I got it. And then yeah. Michael Jackson, he does this thing where he like flings his hands out and he shoots out his magic power. If you've ever seen, if you've ever it's, seen Moonwalker, it's so, the same kind of magic, yeah. like zoom, and everyone goes flying back. And then he uses that magic power that's powered by the music, I guess. He uses that magic power to convert all of her people into the cast of Fame, basically. Yeah, yeah. And they all more get, or less. They all they all get these bright technicolored. Like, Flash dancey type yeah, outfits. Yeah, like super, like, yeah, weird outfits. And they all just start dancing. They automatically know the and choreography. And the dance moves are great. Yeah. Let's be clear. Oh, yeah. There's some legit popping and locking from some of his buddies. Yeah. And especially, the choreography is awesome. Especially when, so later, the these whip warriors come out. The super elite guard. Oh, and those guys are great. Yeah. Those guys are the ones I was talking about. Yeah, they, those, they and are, that's why I was bringing it up. Those they, are the ones that do the popping and locking. They are actually, and I cannot remember the name of it. But they are from a dance movie where it, it's it's all breakdancing. Mm. And they are two of the main characters in that breakdancing movie. So, I can't remember what it's called, but I recognize them as an adult. I didn't as a kid, but as an adult, I was like, oh, wait, they're in that movie. And I saw it once. And it's, yeah, they're awesome. They're super good at it. So he eventually defeats the Whip Warriors through the help of Fuzzball, who, you know, th- these guys have shields and can block his block his magic and they have their own power that they use against him and then he defeats them and then as he's walking back he starts blasting everybody who's like in you know it's they're sort of like the borg they're like in alcoves in the columns he just starts blasting people in columns and then these people start coming out and they're in white outfits and they they're the ones that come out and start doing the the popping and locking and the, and the robot and all the stuff and then he with the power of all the people that he converted he blasts the queen and turns her into Angelica Houston, looking like she just dropped out of, like, Cleopatra and Mark Antony or something. And then that's where the movie and ends. The, and the whole, the the entire planet transforms. Yes. And and it, it goes from, like, technological wastescape yeah. to... Trash can planet. Yeah, to, uh, to cheap Greek-ish uh, something. Yeah. The hall, the, yeah, it turns into Halcyon Fields. So... And that's the movie. That's it. That's like I said, movie. it's only 17 or so now minutes long. Now, you said when we were at dinner grabbing beer and ramen earlier that you had some... Let's talk about the problematic parts. Your problematic parts. <laughs> okay, so there's a couple things. Uh, number one, what the hell kind of 
Space Force are they in? Because if that was the goal of the mission, they're essentially terraformers, which, like, whatever. I just, like, the, the whole story is... I understand objectively that this is a story that is probably mostly written for children and that it is designed to be very short and very simple. And I get all that. It's just to be, it's really supposed to be an expose of Michael Jackson as a draw to get people out of line this for is, Space Mountain so that the parents can rest for 20 minutes yeah, this is and a go lo- back out into the heat. It is a loose story wrapped around Michael Jackson dancing and singing. That's yeah, all it is. Basically. But it was come up by engineers from Disney when I, mean, I guess, you know, it didn't it wasn't written by Disney writers, it was written by Disney Imagineers, who are the guys that create the animatronics and shit. So I don't know. But you have whatever, you know, core they're talking about that they have missions to go to planets and give these give this gift of magic to the leaders and 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 this led to the thing that was later where their mission essentially was to terraform the planet and completely convert the uh established people on that planet into something more appealing to them right and so it's so like it was we colonialization oh, appropriation. Yeah. it's like we don't like yeah. we don't like what you're doing here so we're gonna go ahead and change it with yeah. our magic with our magic piano and and drums and guitar and that was just like when you think about it it's like hmm, maybe that's not the best message because like what you are is bad so what you want to be is something else is essentially what the message we want you to be us yeah we are here to change the world one of us one of us google gobble yeah and and then there's a part that i thought was funny and i always remembered it and i never really thought about it so at the part in the movie where the whip warriors come out because at first they are they are rocking Captain EO's world. They are yeah. blocking his they're blocking his his laser beams, and then they actually like they wrap him up and they blast him, and he gets hurt. And then he gets out of their grasp and he runs towards the gate, and the gate is shutting. And all I can think of this motherfucker's gonna abandon his crew. That's right. He's he trying is. to bail. He is trying to bail, and the only thing that stops him is that the gate shuts. Like, what was he thinking? What he was, was thinking he of leaving his friends to die. That's yeah. what he was thinking. Yeah. So that's a little. I mean, I like whatever. It it plays into the scene, but it's just like, man. I feel like they threw this script together on a cocktail napkin over drinks in like literally ten minutes. And that was after how many drinks? Like, right? like yeah. a lot. It was the end of the yeah. night. Last call. Oh shit, we gotta write this script. Ugh. And then he runs from them, and then yeah. he turns them into Greek people. All that said, who cares? All, it's awesome. All that said, <laughs> you better believe that I was singing along. That I was like remembering, and that's pa- a, like popping the lock yeah. in your seat. Yeah. Hell yeah! And oh it, yeah! It's, it, like I said earlier, it's hard. To if you've never seen it in the Magic Eye Theater, if you've never seen it like the look, way it look, was supposed to be seen, if you even remotely, even remotely enjoy Michael Jackson music, watch it. You even remotely enjoy his music, watch this. You will lose your shit. And it's not a big investment. Did you have any issues with it? Uh, no, but I did. I did notice, and then look looked it up and found that it was true. The parallels between. Angelica Houston's character and the Borg Queen in Star Trek. Oh yeah! Turns out that that was she was the the sort of inspiration oh. for the Borg Queen. Also, a lot of weird, uncomfortable, sexy feels. Yeah, a lot of ways about stuff. But by, by yeah. then, we already knew ways about stuff. So. Yeah, and yeah. then I felt even weirder when they like in that one scene where they like 
dropped her into her exoskeleton. It was just like... It's the, like, which part should I be attracted to? Uh, her fleshy bits or her metal bits? I don't know. Uh, uh, why, why, does, why does she have boobs? How does How is that structurally... That's look, structurally superfluous. That makes no sense. Yeah, whatever. But, but, but with that said, uh, there's nothing about this that, that I didn't enjoy. It is a little goofy when you see parts that are absolutely designed for 3D. Like, at the end when he's blasting the queen... And his feet are like super close to the camera, and that's specifically yeah. for that's specifically for the 3D because at right. that point in when there's you're a lot of stuff it, like that you can tell specifically for the 3D. Yeah, it also takes on a different it takes on a different texture in the movie when it's supposed to be for 3D. Like you'll see Fuzzball when he's just being Fuzzball, the little the little flying monkey guy. You see him when he's just acting and he's like a puppet and he's fine. But then when he's like supposed to be 3D, he's digitized and he's zipping around and he looks different. There's a different quality to the character. And it's the same thing with like Michael Jackson's feet when they're sticking out. Or It doesn't have context. Yeah. And that's okay. I wanted to mention a couple of things. One, there's a giant elephant in the room. His name is Hooter! Hooter! Uh, yes, Hooter does sort of like look like Max Greedo. Uh, or not Max Greedo. Uh, yeah, yeah, Max Greedo. Sam, Sam Rebo. No, no, Max Greedo and the 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 band with Slice Noodles that's, that plays oh, Lockheed yeah, Neck yeah. from Star Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's not the big elephant in the room, although he does look sort of like an elephant. The big elephant in the room, just we, we got to touch on it because it's Michael Jackson. He's an amazing singer. <laughs> so here's the deal. There, there were accusations about Michael Jackson and children, and that's not something, if you're even remotely aware of that, a part of that is going to be in your brain when you watch this. It just is. Whether you agree with those accusations or not, although some research has come out recently showing that he he didn't actually do that stuff. He was just, he was mentally a child and he, things got turned around, whatever. He, so, led, a, he led a horrible life. He, he, had, he had a horrible childhood. He had a horrible childhood. He was emotionally just, a mess and he had lots of pain as a result. And that's what led to his uh, fentanyl use uh, to help him sleep and why he died. And like, it's very tragic, especially now that you know the fact that he actually didn't do anything to kids. That makes it even worse. It's even more heartbreaking, but that is our gift to you. But even just thinking about if you grew up or spent any time alive during that time with those accusations, a part of that is going to inherently taint the way that you see this it's just impossible yeah even knowing that he didn't do anything it's still gonna taint it so that's the first part i like i feel like it has to be said we gotta get it out of the way the other thing that i wanted to mention was this this film ended in 96 they brought it back 14 years later after he had died in in 2010 Mm -hmm. played for a couple years and then they ended it this the the theater that they use at disneyland it it's sort of used for junk, right? Mm-hmm. They don't really. Yeah, I think on the in the documentary it said before it was used for like outdoor concerts and like demonstrations, and then it was used. That's sort of what it's used for now. Yeah. So they used it to. It was Honey, I Shrunk the Audience after Captain EO, and that was not a good show. And yeah, that was a 4D crap. Yeah, and it wasn't great. And then they used it for a sneak peek for Guardians of the Galaxy, and then something for Big Hero 6, and they've used it for a Disney Pixar short film festival, and some other stuff. I I feel like, actually, that this is a property that Disney could use and redevelop. They're all into science fiction now, right? Because mm-hmm. we've got Star Wars and Marvel and all that stuff, right? Okay. You know who they should get to do it? Bruno Mars. Uh, fuck me. That's exactly what I was going to say. So here, I'm, I'm not saying he'd be uh, as like 
the real Captain EO. What I was thinking of is it's a world that looks like could be expanded. It looks like it's a it's a sort of world that they could Captain add to. Geo. Well, I was thinking that Captain EO would be more like an honorary title and not a name. Mm. And so that... So it's a like a Doctor pers- Who type thing. Yeah, and so that somebody else would inherit the mantle of Captain EO. So they could do another 17-minute fi- uh, film with Bruno Mars. It could be directed by, I don't know, whoever. And it could be choreographed and, and have this big dance number, music directed, number. Directed by, what's his face, Wakaida w- Taiti or whatever, the one from uh, the one from, who just directed Thor Ragnarok. Oh, I don't... And sure. what we do in the shadows. Sure. I, I, why not? Yeah, do that one. But but whatever you, you get some some people to do it get somebody like Bruno Mars or or like a female artist to come in and and do it whatever but Captain Neo is a is a character that has an honorary title yeah and have them go on another adventure with another dance number whatever and then keep it in there for like eight years or something and then bring in another another main star yeah, and you would be- just it could just be a recycled thing you get. Every eight to ten years, you could recycle in a new star. With It'd be a new better than what they're using it for now, which is just not much anything. Junk, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it just seems like such a wasted property. Like it's such like a cool opportunity. So, and I, then what they could do is one day a week in the parks, like on a Friday, play the original Captain EO. So you sell the DVDs in the park of Captain EO. What you're saying is you want to write Captain EO fan fiction. Basically, I do. <laughs> I want Captain. I bet e- you. I bet you. There's stuff out there. Oh, do you want to put? Do you want to put recording on pause? Let's go look. No, at it. we'll do it no. later. <laughs> We're sending out a major love to Major Tom, and this is our message to you. Oh, okay. message to you. So, at the end of the day, I would definitely recommend this for yes. really anybody. There is no genre, no category of personhood that I would suggest to stay away. Watch except it. for people who don't like fun things, who don't like music or dance. Uh, yeah, Brenda. Uh, Brenda's such a Debbie Downer. <laughs> and Debbie, too. I'll put her in there, too. Yeah, Deborah. The two of them, yeah. Anybody Except for that, them. Anybody that ends in an uh. Yeah. Rebecca. Joshua. Uh, I don't know. I don't have any more. Sarah. But, uh, ends with an H. Not in the Bible. Oh. Uh, maybe yeah, in the Bible. Whatever. Was, I, I, I know an S-A-R-A. Well, they're, they're a monster. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, I agree. I, I would definitely recommend this. I agree. Recommend it highly. It's not a huge investment. It's probably the least investment of anything that we've that we've covered. <laughs> it's only 17 minutes long. Go watch it. You'll at least enjoy the dancing and the two Michael Jackson songs. Because honestly, honestly, who doesn't like Michael Jackson? Really? Or who, who, who hates Michael Jackson is the better thing. Where Who says, you know, Michael Jackson can't sing and his dancing's awful. Nobody uh, says that. Stupid people. Uh, but yeah, people. I recommend it too. And we, uh, on was... side note, I, I had, I have still sheet music of Thriller from when I was about five or six years old. Uh, I was like a huge Michael Jackson. Well, now I want to watch the Thriller music video. Well, we can watch that when this ends. Yeah. So uh, that'll probably do it for this week. Uh, if you want to talk to us about this or any other episode, or you want to tell us that we're stupid or great or whatever, you can do it. Uh, you mm-hmm. can check out our website, childhoodremastered.com. It has links to all of our socials. Please uh, throw out requests. We've got some more requests that have come in since our last recording. Yeah. And so we're going to be adding that in. You can email us at childhoodremastered.com. You can contact us on Facebook or Twitter or anything really, just search for Childhood Remastered. We're on there. Uh, we're part of the ACPN podcast network with a lot of great shows. Yeah, if there's any shows out there that you listen to that uh, that you guys uh, haven't 
in your sort of listening repertoire that you think would be uh, fun to listen, uh, would be fun to, to do a collaboration with, shoot us out, maybe get us in contact. We'd love to do stuff with other people. We, we've been doing some more of those lately. And, yeah. and it's fun for us because... It changes go, things up. Changes things up and get to go do something different. So, yeah. and if you want to check out the ACPN network, it's at acpnet.net. Uh, and uh, we want to thank John Howarth for the use of our intro music. The song is called Nascent. You can find a link to his SoundCloud on our website, childhoodremastered.com. And so, yeah, I think that's it for this week. Uh, we thank you for being part of us, another part of us this week. And we are here to change the world. And we are here to change the world. Gonna change the world, baby. Uh, all right. Uh, so until next time, this is Sean. And Chris. And this has been your Childhood Remastered. We will see you next time. Hee <laughs> hee. Hooter. <laughs> <laughs>